Welcome to The Hoop Commitment. I'm your host, Mike Nielsen. Join me every week to get inside the greatest minds in basketball nutrition, training, and leadership to elevate your game and improve the way you eat, train, and lead. Welcome back. If you want to become a better leader and a better athlete for the game of basketball, you're in the right spot. Now, a lot of us understand that jumping higher, cutting quicker, and getting stronger will make us better players. But I really believe that becoming a better leader is actually more impactful to your team. And what's great is leadership's a skill, just like shooting or just like dribbling or just like jumping. It's something that could be taught and practiced. But the problem is most of us don't know the progression to teach leadership. We know that we want our athletes to be better teammates and better leaders on the court, but most of us don't have a progression to teach leadership. If one of our players wants to improve their jump shot, we all know to teach them that their feet are their base. The elbow should be over the knee, under the ball, there should be wrinkles in their wrist. Yet, when a kid comes to us and wants to become a better leader, we don't know exactly the steps to teach them. We might tell them, you gotta be more vocal, or you have to work harder, or you have to huddle the team. And these are all great things to do for the right person at the right time. But just like teaching shooting to a kid, there has to be a progression to it. I have a little six-year-old son who's learning how to play basketball right now. And if I really want to teach him how to shoot, I can't throw 10 things at him at once. Or I can't give him teaching cues that are too intricate or too advanced for where he's at. And that's the big problem I see with coaches trying to help their players become better leaders. I remember I played for a coach one year, and he pulled me aside and said, Mike, this is your team. You need to be the leader on this squad. And I remember leaving the room feeling really honored, but also really confused because I had no idea what that meant. I was already being the best leader I knew how. What did he want me to do or what did he want me to change? You know, I think all players are the same. We all want to be the best we can be. We're all doing the best job of being leaders that we know how. And so for us to be more impactful to our teammates, we don't need to try harder. We need to have a roadmap or instructions, a path to follow for us to become our best so we can turn around and help others become theirs. And that's why I created the three levels of leadership. To me, it's the most helpful tool that I've ever seen to help players become impactful to their teammates and to their coaches. And so the topic of today's podcast is the three levels of leadership. Now the three levels are created just like a video game. You can't make it to level two unless you pass level one. And there's no way we should be talking about level three if you're not a level two leader. And so level one, the foundation of all leadership is synergy, your ability to create energy and relationships with others. And here's why. Because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And in the three levels of leadership, we work off the think, say, do model. What do athletes need to know so they can think the right things about leadership? What words do they need to say? And what are the actions of level one leaders? And so I'm gonna give you an example of this. One of the key traits to a level one leader is enthusiasm. And so what do my athletes need to know or what do they need to think about enthusiasm? And what words do they need to say to be enthusiastic? 
And what are the actions of an enthusiastic leader? A few years ago, I came across a study done in the NBA with 294 players, all 30 NBA teams. And what the researchers wanted to find out is, is enthusiasm a predictor in a team's success? And so they tracked preseason games, looking at every second and every player to find out how many positive interactions, how many positive touches they have with their teammates. And every time a player high-fived, chest-bumped, head-rubbed a teammate, they got a point. And so the more positive touches, the more enthusiasm a player portrayed, the more points they earned. And so after sifting through the data, here's what they found. The more enthusiastic a team was, the more they high-fived and huddled and got together, the more wins they had throughout the season. And here's what's really crazy. The more a player high-fived and chest-bumped his teammates, the more he brought them together and had positive interactions, the better his personal stats were. And so with my players, they have to know this information so they can think that enthusiasm is crucial not only to the team's success, but to their personal success. And that's why I teach my players that enthusiasm is contagious. Your attitude not only impacts other people, but it impacts yourself and your personal stats. And so now that my players know this research, what do I want them to say? Well, on our squad, we say, let's go. When someone hits a big shot or a teammate takes a charge, we say, let's go. You get the feeling that the energy at practice isn't good? will start clapping and yell, let's go. It just takes one player to be enthusiastic. And next thing you know, the rest of the team and even the coaches will join in. I love the thought that enthusiasm is contagious because you can actually see teammates catching each other's attitude right before your eyes. And if that's what we say, what are we going to do about it? And so just like the study, I want my players high-fiving their teammates You don't show up to the gym with your hood on and earbuds in and sit down in the corner. No, the first thing you do when you walk in the gym is you high-five or hug a teammate. Now, the best level one leader I've ever seen is a guy by the name of Andrew Sorensen. And he was a walk-on at Gonzaga. And after his first three years, he had no playing time. But by his senior year, Coach Few gives him a full-ride scholarship. How does that happen? How does a walk-on that doesn't see the court get a full-ride scholarship for a senior year? And I really believe it's because he was such a phenomenal level one leader. In the locker room, where the tendency is for guys to have their hoods on, earbuds in, and keep it to themselves, Andrew tended to bring guys together. He might walk over to a guy with his hood on, pull his hood off, and run away. And next thing you know, everyone in the locker room is laughing and chasing each other. And on those 6 a.m. workouts where everyone's tired, people seem to have more energy when Andrew was around. And so the way I define leadership is influence. And Andrew had a lot of influence just because he knew how to create synergy with his teammates. He knew how to build relationships, create energy with people. And so practices were always high-paced. If he was on the court, he was talking on defense. If he was on the sideline, he was cheering on his teammates. And so I love the first level of leadership because it requires no basketball skill. You can influence your teammates and you could be a great level one leader simply by creating synergy. And if you've mastered level one, synergy, you've earned the right to become a level two leader. And level two is sweat. 
your ability to lead through hard work, basically to lead by example. These are guys that show up to the gym early to get their ball handling in or stay late to shoot free throws. These are the guys that wake up early to have breakfast or make sure that they go to bed on time. These are the guys that come into training camp in shape because they put the work in all off-season, not just the week before practice starts. But to be a level two leader, you can't just have a great work ethic. You also have to know how to create synergy with teammates. But I've had many players over the years be hard workers, yet not be leaders. I don't care if you're MVP of the team. If you don't know how to create synergy with teammates, you might be a great player, but you're not a leader. Matter of fact, I had this happen on a team a few years ago. One of our best players, one of our hardest workers, was not a leader at all. Because when they were in the gym, their teammates would walk in, see him, and think, well, they're working out now, maybe I'll work out later. When this player wanted to be vocal and give instructions to their teammates, their teammates didn't want to listen. Even though this person was a great player, they didn't have a relationship with him. And so they didn't allow that player to influence them. And so to be a great level two leader, you also have to be a level one leader. And the best level two leader I've ever been around is a guy by the name of J.P. Batista. He had the trust of his teammates because they all knew that J.P. cared about him. And he was the hardest worker. I love that if his training session fell on a game day, he was still going to get his lift in because he knew the key to his success was through the hard work and discipline that he displayed over the last 20 years. He was meticulous with his nutrition, and he was disciplined with the sleep, and he was a pro when it came to taking care of his body. And so if leadership is really just influence, JP had a huge amount of influence on his team. And I look back to my high school, college, and pro career, and I think I was a really good level two leader. I had a great relationship with all my teammates. I really cared about them, and I know they cared about me. That's how I was able to play at such a high level was through my work ethic. But what I found is leading by example is not the highest form of leadership. And here's why. The only problem with leading by example is it only works if people are there to watch. And what I found is the people that need the most help usually aren't looking for it. And so that's why we need a third level of leadership, which is to serve. And when I think about serving my teammates or my coaches, I think about telling them what they need to hear with love. You know, back in the 70s, Robert Greenleaf coined the term servant leader, and he gave this test to find out if you're a servant leader, and it's this. Are those while being served, are they healthier, wiser, freer, more autonomous, and more likely to become servant leaders themselves? And I love this definition because based off of this definition, I can't say that I'm a servant leader. But you can tell if I am by looking at my friends and my family. Are my kids, are they healthier, wiser, freer, more autonomous because of me? Are the players I coach more likely to become servant leaders because of my influence? You know, I think that's the question we have to ask ourselves. And looking back at the three levels of leadership, synergy, sweat, serve, you'll find that the first two levels are really about the individual. They're about me. If I'm really a good level one leader, I'm making myself better. As I'm clapping during practice, I'm awakening proprioceptors in my fingertips and getting ready to be able to handle the ball better. And as I'm talking on defense and cheering on my teammates, I'm preparing my lungs for battle. And of course, level two is all about you. 
the strength that you get, the conditioning from working hard, you take that with you wherever you go. But level three is not about you. Level three is about the team. It's not about you being comfortable. It's about you doing what your teammates need at that moment in time. I've had a lot of great level two leaders who think level two is the highest form of leadership. They think they're being great leaders because they have good connections with their teammates and they're working hard. And they're right. Level two is a great level of leadership. Like I mentioned, I was a level two player throughout my whole career. And then when I ask them to step up and practice and be more vocal, they'll say, oh, well, that's really not me. And so I'll respond by saying, level three is not about you. It's not about what you're comfortable with. It's what your teammates need in that moment. And if you've done a good job with level one, creating synergy with them, and if you've led by example through sweat, they're going to want to hear from you. I know the very few level three leaders that I've played with, every time they spoke, I listened. Matter of fact, the best level three leader that I've ever seen is John Stockton. Like I mentioned, he's kept a group of old guys like me and professional basketball players together for over 15 years to play basketball every Sunday. And it's because of his leadership that the group is still going on today. Matter of fact, every week, he texts each one of us, letting us know what time we're going to play hoops. And then he opens the gym for us. He pushes back the side baskets. And he literally sweeps the floor. Now, if you didn't know any better, you might think that he's a team manager or a janitor. But there's no mistaking who the greatest point guard ever to play the game is when he steps on the court. And you know, most of us in pickup kind of raise our level like a radio dial. We might start at level five, then go to level six, seven. By the second or third game, we're finally playing at level 10. And that's not how John operates. He's like a light switch. When he steps on the court, boom, he's on. And it's amazing to see the effort he gives on every single play. And even at age 50-something, he is still the hardest worker and the best player on the court. And so it's easy to see how he's a level one leader. He knows how to create synergy with us and keep our group together. And of course, he's a level two leader. He literally is the hardest worker I've ever seen. And because of that, he's earned the right to be a servant leader. I'll never forget one Sunday we were playing and it was early in the morning and a lot of us were kind of dogging it. And so John shot off a warning call and he said, hey, let's go boys, pick it up. And we all raised our intensity level for a couple games. But eventually, we started slacking off again. And I will never forget this play. I'm on defense, and the shot goes up. And instead of blocking out my man, I turn and look at the ball. And the minute I turn my head, my guy comes in, gets the rebound, and scores. And before the ball even gets out of the net, John runs over, grabs it, and drop kicks it across the gym. And he yells out, Now dang it! This is important! And everyone's eyes just got big and we all stood there. And he was right. This is important. Basketball is way bigger than just a game you play with your buddies. It teaches life skills that can be applied to every area of your life. And so when John kicked that ball across the gym, he really did it because he cares so much about us. And every person in that gym responded well because he had that foundation of synergy and sweat. And when he speaks, we all want to listen. The amount of influence he has in that gym is off the charts. And that's just another reason why we need this structure, the three levels of leadership. Because that action coming from someone who didn't have a relationship with everyone or wasn't the hardest worker in the gym 
could totally backfire. So now if a player comes to me and says, Mike, I want to become a better leader, I know the exact path they have to take. The first question I'm going to ask them is, are you high-fiving your teammates? Are you talking on defense? Are you jumping off the bench when a player takes a charge? Do your teammates know that you have their back? Do you like all your teammates? And if the answer to those questions is yes, then I'm going to ask them, have you got your ball handling in today? Did you wake up and eat breakfast? Are you consistently winning the conditioning drills in practice? Are you diving on the floor for loose balls? Do you stay after practice to shoot free throws? And if the answer to those questions is yes, then they've earned the right to be a level three leader and tell their teammates what they need to hear with love. But I could tell you there's nothing more harmful than someone trying to be a level three leader when they're not a level one or a level two leader. If you're showing up late to practice and then you want to turn around and coach a teammate who shows up late, it's going to backfire. Or if you try and coach someone that you don't have a relationship with, they're going to look at you like, who do you think you are? But if you have a relationship with someone and you put the hard work in, I can guarantee this, they're going to want to hear from you. And if you want to learn more about the three levels of leadership, I created a free five-day course where I take you through each of the three levels of leadership. And at the same time, you get to work on being a level two leader by ball handling every day with a new pro player. So if you haven't started your chain of success, go to hoopcommitment.com, download your free calendar, and start your five-day commitment today. Now that's a wrap on episode six. And I hope you'll join me next week when I get to interview my old college roommate, teammate, and one of my best friends, Matt Santangelo. He's the executive director of HoopFest, which is the largest three-on-three basketball tournament on earth. And we get to talk about the challenges of leading while being a player, coach, and parent. For all you parents and coaches out there, you won't want to miss this one. And for those of you who are committed, earn your X. Earn your X.